it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Welcome to the Often Daunted Podcast with me, Burke White. I'm sitting here recording in the off-season as I do every Monday. I'm here delivering you the latest in Indiana Hoosier news, a little bit of uh, what's going on around the country, uh, the, latest news on, the latest news on that end. Uh, if you haven't uh, given me a follow on Twitter, at Often Daunted, please do. I'm trying to start up a little on Instagram and all that a little. Everything's often daunted. So uh, just reach out to me on those socials. I, I'm quick to respond back. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's get it going here. Let's start off with uh, some of that national news for you. So following the initial stories that uh, Pat Fitzgerald was out at Northwestern, a little more has come to light, and we've uh, seen his official statement on the matter. He said, I had the privilege of serving as the head football coach at Northwestern University for the past 17 years. As a former Wildcat football player who played a part in the remarkable transformation of our program, it was a tremendous honor to have the opportunity to lead the team. I take great pride in the achievements we accomplished during my tenure, both on and off the field. I dedicated myself wholeheartedly to nurturing our players, not only as athletes, but also as exemplary students and members of the community. Our program instilled in young men the qualities to become outstanding husbands, fathers, and valuable contributors to society. Our players were well prepared to make a positive impact in the world, and I am confident in the success we achieved together. The overwhelming majority of players we coached, 99% to be precise, have provided positive feedback that affirms our efforts. Attorney Maggie Hickey conducted a thorough investigation spanning several months into the allegations that led to my termination. Her, invest her investigation reaffirmed what I have always maintained, that I had no knowledge whatsoever of any, forming, of any form of hazing within the Northwestern football program. Last Friday, Northwestern and I came to a mutual agreement regarding the appropriate resolution following the thorough investigation conducted by Ms. Hickey. This agreement stipulated a, a two-week suspension. Therefore, I was surprised when I learned that the president of Northwestern unilaterally, <laughs> unilaterally revoked our agreement without any prior notification and subsequently terminated my employment. Given this unexpected turn of events, I've entrusted my agent, Brian Harlan, and legal counsel Dan Webb from Winston & Strawn, LLP, to take necessary steps to protect my rights in accordance with the law. Following the statement later in the week, uh, that, that yeah, that's the end of the official statement. But uh, following that statement later in the week, a lawyer for Pat Fitzgerald spoke to ESPN saying uh, that the school breached an oral agreement. A Dallas lawyer, when asked about uh, just the Bob Huggins and the Northwestern, uh, just the legal implications of both uh just what's going on at both institutions right now. A uh, Dallas lawyer, Andrew Roden, said, uh, without a doubt, the Northwestern one is the most puzzling for the fact that the university told him he was getting a two-week suspension. For them to reverse the decision is actually the most puzzling thing I've heard of. 
Yeah, it's puzzling because, <clears throat> I mean, all the details are coming out through the student newspaper right now. Good on that journalism staff. But uh, at this point, this all looks like Pat Fitzgerald, who was paid two years on his 10-year contract that he signed in 2021 for $40 million. Um, it doesn't look like he's going to be going softly into that good night. It looks like he's going to be going kicking and screaming, reaching and clawing for every last bill he can on his way out. And, uh, I mean, if he truly didn't know the extent of hazing going on and he was oblivious to it, uh, well, I mean, it was his responsibility to know. Um, or to at least, yeah, he should have known. Um, that being said, I guess he can go ahead and try to grab all the money he can. On to some uh, national recruiting news. Thursday, we saw Kanan Catchings, uh, the beast at 6'8", who is committed to Purdue. Uh, we saw he made an announcement. Kanan Catchings announced that he will be leaving Brownsburg High School, and he will be heading to Overtime Elite. <clears throat> if I am the Purdue Boilermaker fan base, I am sweating this decision. Um, heading to Overtime Elite, as far as I'm concerned, that sounds like it, like he's signed... He signed elsewhere. Um, I, it, his mom was stated, I think, as saying, like, uh, this is the best for him uh, to set up to perform well at Purdue and elsewhere. And uh, I, I just have to say good luck. Good luck leaving Overtime Elite um, for anything but a bag or the NBA. have to imagine there are guys that are going to be surrounding him um, who will be talking his ear off trying to go, telling him to go and get his money. Go go and get the money where you can. And understandably a little. He will have demons. Demons whispering Kansas and Duke in his ear all day at Overtime Elite. He just will. He'll have the top demons at Nike saying Duke, the top demons at Kansas saying, <laughs> the top demons at Adidas saying Kansas. Good luck to the Purdue Purdue's fan base because... Yeah, they're going to be sweating this one. Kentucky basketball played as Team USA in the 2023 Global Jam. Now, the Global Jam tournament website says the world returns to Canada this summer as Sportsnet and Canada Basketball are once again teaming up for Global Jam, the world-class international basketball showcase. Global Jam's five, a five-on-five under-23 basketball tournament, Featuring women's and men's teams from around the world will take the court at Toronto's Matami Athletic Center and broadcast nationally across Sportsnet platform. Don't miss your chance to cheer on Team Canada's future NBA and WNBA stars at home. And so the tournament was basically four teams. <clears throat> team Canada, Team USA, Team Germany, and another one. I don't know what the other one was. Yeah, Team USA was represented by the Kentucky Wildcats. And I have to say, it must have been so much fun to have that respite of basketball here in the middle of the summer. Um, they showed out, and they won the gold medal. Uh, good for them. You wish it... I mean, yeah, I wish I got to watch some Indiana basketball this summer. There's nothing on right now, and that would have been a nice little treat. Just just kicking off the... the yeah, kicking off the season in honestly the best way you could. Winning a tournament, not bad. Whatever the talent you were facing, uh, still winning a tournament, not bad. Great primer for a season. I will say thank you to the Kentucky Wildcats for not having the audacity to rock some like red, white, and blue Wildcat duds. 
it seems like a big missed opportunity. And if the Hoosiers were representing Team USA, you know damn well I wish we had some red, white, and blue uh, Indiana uniforms. Seems like a missed opportunity, but uh, thank you, Wildcats, for not doing that. Oh, just a little uh, tail end on the just sheer nightmare that is the Northwestern Athletic Department right now. Um, on top of the firing of Pat Fitzgerald, the uh, baseball program at Northwestern came under fire thanks to allegations of a toxic environment. Apparently, uh, head coach Jim Foster of the Northwestern Wildcats, following I think he was at Army before, um, looks to have created a toxic environment that has run off coaches, broken the spirit of his team, and led to a human resources investigation by the university regarding his alleged bullying and verbally abusive behavior. Nine sources told 670 the score. These sources said that uh, as part of that toxic culture, Foster discouraged players from seeking medical attention for uh, various injuries, made various racially insensitive remarks, and, uh, yeah, uh, let's say complimented a female staff member uh, in the grossest way. And, yeah, this all led to uh, Jim Foster's firing at Northwestern. He, the uh, Jim Foster's calling these statements ridiculous that he would say anything racially insensitive or anything like that. Uh, but the university's investigation says it found significant or er, sufficient evidence uh, that Foster engaged in bullying and abusive behavior, um, per the Tribune. In a letter to the community, President Michael Schill said, Northwestern University is an extraordinary university with an exceptional athletics program. I am committed to ensuring that the misconduct that occurred in our football program never happens again anywhere in our university community. And, I mean, days after that, the athletic director, Derek Gregg, had to make an announcement saying uh, nothing will ever be more important to Northwestern than providing its students a place that allows them to develop in the classroom, in the community, and in competition at the absolute highest level, and, a build, and building a culture which allows our staff to thrive. And it's, it's just, yeah, a lot of words covering up an absolute mess right now. You feel for our Big Ten brethren? Um... But then again, they are some of the sorest winners I've come across on the Twitter spheres. So, yeah, just a, con I mean, story to follow. I guess we'll hear of a hire soon because they need to get a football team going. I imagine they have the interim uh, all lined up, but uh, just what a mess for them. And on, on top of that, just, yeah, I mean, let's throw it back. There's nothing else to talk about, guys. We're going to, I just wanted to share a few more thoughts on the Bob Huggins thing. Yes, it's exhausted, but. Uh, having a week since Bob Huggins came out to fight for his job again, uh, I've been able to ponder for a bit, and uh, this it's just become an increasingly sad story, an increasingly sad tale, uh, just a terrible way to end the career that was Bob Huggins. There's no way he is trying to plead for his job thinking he's getting this job back. If it's for the money, like, what, does he owe his bookie something? Like, why does he need the money? Why burn down any goodwill you had with the institution, with West Virginia? Let the dust settle and then just retire there. A few years removed and you are, you are in the house with everyone looking at you with rose-tinted glasses. There are worse places to be. And honestly, if you are West Virginia, you've got you've to 
figure this out. You've got to pay him quietly and pay him quickly. You've got to do it. Because if this drags out and this shadow of Huggy casts a shadow over the position, good luck hiring any coach worth a damn. Um, Good luck hiring anyone worth a damn to take that position. Especially if surly Uncle Bobby is just banging the doors down. That was just the last thoughts that were sticking in my craw. Um, on to uh, other news around the country. Other news around the country. There was some national transfer news as six-one point guard Javon Quinterly has transferred to Memphis, and uh, Quinterly's career has been a roller coaster. Uh, out of high school, the five-star McDonald All-American committed to Arizona, but decommitted after federal documents suggested that he received fifteen grand in, bri- in bribes. Um, from Arizona assistant Emmanuel Richardson. Uh, following this, he decommitted and ended up. Yeah, he decommitted and ended up committing to Villanova. At Villanova, he floundered quite a bit through 25 games. He had 3.2 points in 9.1 minutes per game. Uh, he had a little interesting saga where, following a game on December 12th, he posted a story on his Instagram that. Villanova was obvious was his second choice for a reason. Following this post, he soon posted random photos in a weak attempt to claim a hacking incident, and then he deleted his account. On April third, twenty nineteen, following that's the wrap up of that season, he announced he would be transferring from Villanova. On June second, twenty nineteen, Quinterly committed to Alabama. He sat out the following season because uh, that was the rules back then. <laughs> yeah, he sat it out. Uh, he was essential to that Alabama squad the following season as he led Bama to an SEC tournament title and was named the SEC tournament MVP. Uh, he was crucial He was crucial for Nate Oates and that Alabama squad in the last three seasons, but he is using his grad transfer to transfer without a uh, penalty. Following leading Alabama in assists, he is taking his talents to Memphis. I always root for Bama not to be so stacked. They have football. Um, I am getting so tired of them trying to take over basketball, which they are quietly doing. They, I mean, loudly doing. They are doing it. And if somebody doesn't stop them, uh, they're just going to own all of sport. So, yeah, I'm glad to see them lose a little firepower because this is undoubtedly them losing a little firepower. Whatever they're bringing in, whatever they're getting, uh, this guy was reliable. This guy uh, was a staple to their team for three years. He knew the system. Uh, he will be missed there, I imagine. Speaking of uh, guys who might not be so missed, uh, Chris Ledlam has re-entered the transfer portal, and uh, I may I may hold all my thoughts until we see where he lands. <laughs> God forbid. But hey, if if he's a Hoosier, second he puts on those candy stripes, he's my guy. <laughs> but no, we're set. We're 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 good with the squad we got. Remember when we were all like, why would both connect and let them go to Tennessee? Why, why, why would they fight for minutes? Why would you voluntarily sign up to do that? Well, I guess it looks like Connect won that battle. Looks like Dalton Connect is the better basketball player. <laughs> now, following this, I just thought, you know, Chris Ledlam re-entering the transfer portal this late in the game. I was just talking last episode about how ridiculous it must be for Paul Mulcahy to try to gel into a squad that already, I mean, I imagine there's already inside jokes in between those guys. You hate being that guy that doesn't know the inside jokes, and Paul Mulcahy has to go through it, and now Chris Ledlam has to go through an even more severe version of it. 
And uh, this late in the game, this is like uncharted territory because the NIL era is on uncharted territory. And uh, yeah, just how is Chris Ledlam going to gel with a squad with two months to figure it out maybe? Uh, Imagine he finds a squad here in the next two weeks. Yeah, he is meeting his team in August. What the hell? Per Trilly Donovan, uh, early reports indicating Ledlam would be willing to walk on with NIL. And there's already a team with no scholarships available at the front of the line. That 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 is an this whole thing has very interesting implications because uh, this would mean that scholarships aren't needed to be worried about anymore. Um, just tack on twelve twelve just tack on twelve thousand extra dollars a semester to that NIL deal. Same difference, as good as a scholarship. And while while people can be afraid of this, people can be nervous about this. Uh, if unless this is regulated and if this is the route, uh, some of the more fortunate programs are going to be going this honestly benefits the Hoosiers I think uh, some may hate that this is possible but after our program was crippled for a phone call I'll take every advantage we can get in getting back to a title contender um, and if this is an advantage that the Hoosiers have to play let's play it that being said our squad is set I like the guys we got they're here for the right reasons Some Big Ten news for Maryland, as they are in talks to have a four-game series with Georgetown. Two schools from the same region, uh, both identify as basketball schools. They should be playing each other. This is great to see. Looks like Maryland may be able to rekindle a rivalry. Uh, It's a fan base that is in desperate need of one, I imagine. Just sitting alone, I have Rutgers. No, I don't know what the rivalry situation with Maryland is. I imagine they're desperate for a real nice basketball rivalry in Georgetown right now would be a hot ticket to uh for them to attach to. Looks like this uh series may be starting up in the 2024 to 2025 season. Ex-Hoosier uh Jerome Hunter will be out indefinitely this coming season for medical reasons from the from the Xavier Musketeers. He played for Archie from 2019 to 2021. Then he moved to play for Travis Steele, only for Archie's brother to take the job the next season. He has one year of eligibility left, and uh, you just hope that it's nothing serious. I don't know if the details have come out, but uh, here's hoping the best for him. Jerome Hunter, hey, he left out of conference. Thoughts and prayers to him and whatever medical condition he is facing right now. And for your last bit of national news, I just wanted to share the fact that Hunter Dickinson appears to see the need to beat a down bad Michigan. Um, On the uh, Rock Talk Unplugged podcast, uh, Hunter Dickinson shared, going down Mass Street, it feels like this town has its own kind of culture and stuff like that. I'm super excited when students come back and the towns get bustling and stuff like that. But just walking around, the people are super welcoming. Super, super welcoming. Super nice. Definitely get those Midwest vibes. I feel like at Michigan, they weren't as nice. They were nice people, but not as nice. I feel like Mich- I feel like Michigan is like a fake Midwest. Kansas is actually like a Midwest town. I love my time in Michigan. But the people here at Kansas are especially nice. <laughs> it's just, man... Leave Michigan out of it. It's like how many of those, how many Michigan fans must just be like, keep my name out your mouth. Oh, God, an all-time villain just continues to show you how it's done. 
<laughs> I just wanted to share that story. I think it's hilarious. I think Hunter Dickinson is just so brilliant in his execution of shit like this. On to some Indiana news. First off, first bit of Indiana news, Adidas released the Indiana Ultra Boosts, and uh, I need to get me some of those. They look fresh, and I need some nice tailgate shoes. What am I saying? I'm having a baby here in two weeks. I don't know how many tailgates I'm going to be making it to this year. The next story I wanted to share here in a uh, slower week of the off-season, often daunted podcast was the fact that Indiana was included on the list of America's 10 worst states to live and work in. And this list is according to CNBC. Those know nothing's over there. The article on CNBC said, uh, With fewer than 10 licensed child care facilities per 100,000 residents, the Hoosier state is making it hard for some families to fully participate in the workforce. It is the second worst figure in the nation behind Louisiana, according to the advocacy group Child Care Aware. Protections against discrimination under state laws are limited as well. Indiana was given a uh, life, health, and inclusion score of 113 out of 350. And I guess that's whatever that all means. Basically, they said that uh, the top 10, here we go, was Florida, Arkansas. Uh, Number 10, Florida. Number 9, Arkansas. Number 8, Tennessee. All places better than Indiana to live and work, I guess. The states that... uh, followed Indiana on the list. So Indiana was right there in that seventh spot as the worst state to live and work in, according to CNBC people. At six was Missouri. Tied for fourth was Alabama and South Carolina. Louisiana at third. Oklahoma at second. And Texas was in the number one spot for the worst place to live and work. Ask anybody from Texas. I feel like they're super proud of that place. (laughs) Uh, Basically just bringing you a useless list here in the offseason often daunted podcast. Okay, let's get into actual Indiana Hoosier news as the Hoosiers lit up the NBA and they uh, absolutely put on a few shows in this summer league. We've gotten news that Jalen Hood-Shafino will be wearing number zero for the Lakers. And according to Sport Track, Hood-Shafino signed a four-year four-year $18 million, basically, contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. In 2023-2024, Huchifino will earn a base salary of $3.695 million while carrying a cap hit of $3.695 and a dead cap value of $3.695. And, uh, yeah, J- Jalen, I got into his uh, performances last week as he's he's uh, the Lakers have been allowing him to cook, and he did just that. Um, I think he had a bit colder night from the floor this last one to wrap it up but uh he's not the one i'm here to talk about today i'm talking about trace jackson davis holy hell before i get into the details about contracts can i say maybe it's best not maybe it's best to just not overthink it sometimes and guys who can dominate at one level may be able to dominate at this may be able to like make a substantial difference at the next level trace is he absolutely owned the summer league down the line and don't tell me otherwise. I seen it. I, I seen it with my eyes. In 20 minutes in his debut, he had 14 points, 7 rebounds, and that was uh, 14 points on 6 of 9 from the field, uh, sinking both of his free throws and adding a block to that, as well as an assist. 
and uh, it was definitely the follow-up game that was Trace's coming out in the NBA. Now, of course, I'm going to say that again when he makes his rookie, like, premiere coming out performance, but uh, he, he followed up that summer league debut with 18 points, 10 rebounds, and two blocks. Uh, I believe it was in 22 minutes in that last one. Just absolutely incredible to see the, the I mean, he the absolute man we saw grow up before our eyes. Uh, absolutely dominating as much as, I mean, a little more than I thought we, <laughs> we could expect. Uh, yeah, he's a natural, guys. He's a hooper. And uh, damn proud he's a Hoosier. And I, I was waiting for Race this whole time, but uh, Race was absent from Las Vegas due to a sore right knee. Uh, stinks to see that he was unable to take advantage of the opportunity uh, when the shot was given. Hope the best for Race uh, with that knee, with uh, whatever the next stage in his basketball career is. Uh, always support a Hoosier. Always support Race Thompson. And just a little uh, Hoosiers in the WNBA news for you. Wednesday, Grace Berger became the second rookie in WNBA history um, after Angel McCaffrey. McCaffrey? After Angel McCaughtry, um to have 15 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, and 3 steals off the bench in a game. Hoosiers are showing out at the next level. That looks good on our program. I am going to wear that fact with pride. Here's to all the Hoosiers in the NBA killing it for us. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't even shout out uh, Trace's contract. 4 years, 8 mil. A little under 8 mil. But uh, again, these guys just coming into seismic life shifts. And uh, yeah, it's awesome to see our guys are coming into the bag and that looks great for our program that helps us get some more guys congrats to those guys and their families and everybody who helped them get there a little indiana recruiting news it seems like indiana as they've been increasingly out on flory bidunga uh it looks like he's all but a blue devil but uh same was said for Mbako last season no, i mean just saying that but uh, at an event in vegas uh flory bidunga told rivals rob cassidy that there are no more visits I'm done. IU's been increasingly out, and uh, it seems like it's down to Duke, Kansas, and Auburn. Duke, Kansas, Auburn, and Michigan as the last teams believing they have a shot. This is just all all based on uh, recent appearances of staff at games and whatnot. So, yeah, as far as the front court is concerned, it looks like all attention is going to be shifted to Derek Queen, as it has been. Uh, Montverde's monster power forward um, at 6'9". He would immediately find a role in the front court with with Montverde ties like barring Malik owning everybody and heading into the league like it's going to be an awesome front court that that if we were able to lock him down it'd be the Montverde towers again that's uh barring Malik having the very real possibility of uh, just a breakout season and going off riding into the sunset of the NBA and uh, good on him for it but yeah I'm gonna daydream about that front court while also daydreaming about my present front court. Derek Queen's uh, recruitment looks to be between Maryland and Indiana, but uh, he is still open to visits elsewhere and absolutely should just uh, exercise all his options. Here's hoping Indiana is the best one at the end of the day, but uh, go and uh, I want him to be confident in that. So God bless you and uh, go ahead and test the waters. As for testing the waters, it looks like uh, 2024 five-star Patrick Ngongba, Gongba, Gongba, uh, the 6'11", center the number four center in the class of 2024 has cut his schools down to eight schools his finalists are kentucky kansas state kansas yukon indiana duke providence and michigan 
as a college basketball fan, I have to say I I respect the hell out of his list. I respect the hell out of this list. You can't have Duke and UNC. He just has Duke. You can't have Indiana and Purdue. He just has Indiana. You can't have Michigan and Michigan State. He just has Michigan. And you can't have Kentucky and Louisville. He just has Kentucky. Uh, don't know about Kansas State and Kansas, uh, but th- that's still cool with me. Ladies news for you, as they have scheduled an awesome non-conference pair of matchups, uh, both set to take place in Florida as part of the Fort Myers tip-off in thanks- on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, November 23rd, they'll be playing the, uh, I mean, renowned women's program, that is the Tennessee Lady Volunteers. And on November 25th, they will be taking on Princeton. As for the boys' program... It looks like we may be getting headband Trey. Thanks to a video released by the team, the uh, socials team, on Monday. Uh, looks like Trey Galloway will be rocking a headband. Hopefully, I mean, maybe he's just doing it for workouts, but headband Trey, just I, I think I think he just brings a different gear. Speaking of Trey, Trey spoke to the media, and uh, thanks to Zach Osterman for uh, sharing just uh, Trey Galloway's thoughts on Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton. Trey had said they both knew it wasn't going to be easy. And both guys have really faced the task and attacked it and done really well this summer. Both of them are strong physical guards that can guard at the Big Ten level already. Awesome to see just a veteran presence speaking so highly of these young guns, these uh, guys coming in, uh, that these guys that I think we could hopefully rely on down the line of this season. Uh, Tra- Trey's a staple of this team, and... uh he, he's for sure touted as one of the leaders of this Indiana team come next year. It's X's team, but uh, Trey will have his say on where this team ends up. So so, so rolling with Trey, I, I wanted to uh, do the player breakdowns for this coming, or yeah, this episode. Uh, I wanted to focus on Anthony Leal and Trey Galloway. I will be uh, recapping their time at Indiana a bit and uh, just laying out what I hope for them in the season to come right after this word from our sponsors. The Often Daunted Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Big Banter Sports. At Big Banter Sports, go and give them a follow. They recently just signed on the final football podcast, so they have all 14 Big Ten teams covered. It's going to be an awesome. Uh, it's going to be awesome just to have so many guys working together, uh, giving you different voices all colliding at once on uh, Big Ten football. Go ahead and give uh, at LEO Football Pod a follow. Those guys just keep it up to date. They're uh, continuously working at it. They've been been doing the rounds, making uh, appearances on a bunch of these other big banter sports shows, and uh, just cool to see the football stuff get going. Uh, I'm kind of one of these lone basketball dudes still talking in the off season right now, but uh, once we get going, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time getting you uh, getting you a few more voices in your ears other than mine. Here's to uh, what's to come from uh, often taunted working with big banter sports. All right, starting this uh, player expectation segment, this whatever it is, uh, I wanted to start with Anthony Leal. Now, according to Anthony Leal's high school report from 247sports.com, his profile, his profile reads, Solid size for a shooting guard. Not an explosive athlete, but plays with great strength. Hyper-competitive and will make plays on hustle and grit. Good basketball IQ. High-level shooter who can hit from deep and make tough shots off the dribble. Will draw fouls. More scorer than distributor. Average defender. Should develop into a starter during his college career. Out of high school, four-star, number 23 shooting guard in the class, number four recruit in Indiana, according to 24-7 Sports, and the 2020 
Mr. Basketball from Indiana. Coming out of high school, Anthony Leal had offers from Bradley, hey, smart man, Butler, Evansville, Iowa, Maryland, Northwestern, Stanford, hey, smart man, uh, Toledo, and Xavier. He got some run in the rotation under Archie in his first year, uh, but saw his role diminish a little in the uh, following season under Mike Woodson. And uh, it was just prior to that season under Mike Woodson that Leal had said, I want everybody to know that I'm here for the school and for the program and for this jersey. No matter who the coaches are or who my teammates are, I'm here and I'm here to win. That's, my, that's the ultimate goal. Yes, that was prior to Mike Woodson coming, but even after that season, uh, Anthony Leal tweeted out, Look up, not out. Beyond blessed that God allows me to wear Indiana across my chest. Back to work for next season. This kid loves this program. He really does. His role this last offseason um, on the court was minimal. Not attempting a shot in 24 minutes on the floor. But again, him bringing it in practice, the, it, it helps these guys. Because he does have inherent talent. He also solo carries a GPA for the squad. So there's that too. Um, just sharing a little bit of backstory. Because that's on these guys, I just want to share a little backstory. Uh, if we're, uh, some of them we might not see him play as much. Here's hoping Anthony might be able to just find a next gear and really... <clears throat> add a dimension to his game. But uh, just, just to share a little bit on him, uh, his personal life tab on uh, Wikipedia reads, Leal is the son of Martin and Sherry Leal, both of whom work for the IU Foundation. Leal also has an older sister, Lauren, who plays basketball for DePaul University. With IU such a dominant force in his upbringing, that played a major factor in his decision to be the next Hoosier player from Bloomington. Leal said Jordan Holes was the... F- was the player he looked up to most as a young teen going to games at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, stating those teams were really special to watch. And it was awesome to see how they brought Hoosier Nation together. I hope that hopefully the team I'm on at IU can do the same. The two natives now share a bond, where Holes is now serving as a mentor to Leal. Leal states that Holes has offered advice, including how to deal with the pressures of being a hometown star going to IU. And what, what, what can I expect for Anthony Leal, personally, in my humble opinion? Uh, what can I expect for him this coming season is I, I refuse to bet against a homegrown kid so entrenched in the locker room, and he just seems like one of our go-to glue guys. I, I don't expect his role to step up dramatically, but what, what's to say he doesn't take a step forward to provide some, some sort of backcourt alleviation that, we are des- that some of us are desperately looking for? I think that our backcourt, I think Xavier's just going to be able to find it in himself. But what's to say Anthony Leal can't fill a gap here and there? I can dream. Now on to Trey Galloway. Trey Galloway was in Anthony Leal's um, highly touted recruiting class, the class of 2020. And he was Indiana's first commit in that class. Again, he was AAU teammates with Anthony Leal. And in that recruiting class, he was the lowest rated, he was the lowest ranked recruit in uh, just throughout that. I mean, Parker Stewart, there was Christian Lander, Anthony Leal. He had offers from Butler, Iowa, Nebraska, and Michigan State. Galloway quick, quickly earned time from Archie, and uh, his presence in the rotation would steadily climb under Mike Woodson. Uh, each of the seasons prior to the last 2020 to, to the last 2022-2023 uh, season, he was hampered by injury, and nothing seemed more off than his shot. His freshman year, he shot 18% from three-point range, and in his sophomore year, he uh, improved a bit to uh, 21.4. Uh, 
and despite his shooting and his 22% turnover rate both of those seasons, it was his intangibles, um, including just his crazy man defense, that made him such a staple of the rotation. The shooting needed to improve, and he absolutely knew that, and uh, following that sophomore season, he did just that. Trey saw his minutes spike in this last season under Mike Woodson, and uh, with the injury to Xavier Johnson, understandably so. Uh, Following that injury, Trey would start 22 of Indiana's 24 remaining games. And despite more minutes, despite, uh, yeah, he provided 27.7 minutes per game this last season, uh, his stats didn't vastly improve on the seasons prior uh, with 6.7 points per game, three rebounds, 2.1 assists, and uh, all this on uh, 47.2% from the field. It wasn't his stats that greatly improved. It, In my humble opinion, it was his reliability. And, I mean, just the rate at which he had converted, of course it was. But uh, his reliability, for sure. We could depend on him to sink a shot if he was open. That, that was a huge step in his development, and he addressed it. It was largely due to him retooling his shot altogether. Him retooling, rebuilding, and getting that higher, more uniform release for his shot, um a higher arch on the ball. It uh, resulted in him shooting uh, 46.2%, sinking 33 pointers this season. Now, what to expect from Trey going into next season? You expect him to be a leader. He's going to be one of the leaders of this squad. And Indiana fans, the the, lead, the more concerned amongst us, have been on the lookout for a shooting guard. I, I've been happy with the prospect of running it with Trey all, all next season. He's going to have another year under his belt. He's going to be able to control the ball that much better. Um, and just the development that he showed all of Indiana, all the the entire fan base, just in his ability to improve his shot at the rate he did. What's to say he can't apply that redevelopment, that retooling to another facet of his game? I, I expect him to be able to find the, the apparent commitment to improvement that he uh, was able to again this offseason, and just be able to find ways to create his own shot in the off- in the offense. If he can entirely reinvent his release, what's to say he can't learn the footwork and positioning to reliably find a shot and uh, hopefully just take advantage of a more spread-out offense in that way? I expect big things for Trey Galloway, and I expect him to blow a lot of uh, Indiana fans away um, this coming season. I just have great faith in his development and just what I think he can bring to the table. Yep, and that was my uh, expectations for Trey Galloway. He's going to be playing a hell of a lot of minutes because he's earned it. He, he's he's put in the time for the Hoosiers, and uh, yeah, he'll be a driving force in uh, where we end up next season. So, yep, we'll get you on out of here with a, with a uh, Hoosier history hit. This is your Hoosier history hit. Born in Decatur, Indiana in 1946 to Lawrence Ansball, a portrait photographer, and his wife Marie. David Ansball was born on September 24, 1946. In Decatur, he was a uh, member of his high school's football, basketball, and track teams. As a student majoring in secondary education at Indiana University, Ansball shot and shot his own short movies and filmed concerts, football games, and Vietnam War protests using a 16mm camera. Upon graduating with his uh, secondary education degree, he moved to Aspen, Colorado, where he worked as a substitute teacher, waiter, and ski instructor before relocating to Los Angeles to attend film school at the University of South Carolina. 
South Southern California. Yeah, the best film school, USC. At the time, he couldn't imagine ever working in Hollywood, although that would change in just a few years. Anspaugh started his career as a producer and director of acclaimed TV shows Hill Street Blues, Sane Elsewhere, and Miami Vice. He made the transition to film when his best friend from IU, Angelo Pizzo, wrote Hoosiers and wanted Ansball to direct. The scene in Hoosiers in which Hickory Huskers and their coach enter the enormous and empty Butler Fieldhouse was suggested by Ansball. Seven years later, the two friends re-teamed to make the college-friendly the college football movie Rudy. Ansball insisted on ca casting Sean Austin in the lead role, even though studio executives wanted someone tall and athletic. And it was Ansball's idea to hire NFL films to shoot the movie's game footage. Ansball and Pizzo also collaborated on the 1950s World Cup soccer film, The Game of Their Lives. Ansball has rounded out his career by directing motion pictures and TV movies on many topics other than sports. In 2014, Ansball relocated from Santa Monica, California to Bloomington, Indiana, where he taught a class at IU, directed local theater productions, and served as an executive producer on films. And it says here that uh, David Ansball and his par partner, uh, Angelo Pizzo, were both members of the Sigma Nu fraternity. Yeah, hey, there you go. Uh, so the director of both Hoosiers and Rudy is a Hoosier himself. Nice to know. There you go. That's your uh, fun little Hoosier history hit for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Often Daunted Podcast. Uh, again, as far as the Indiana news goes, apparently right now in these dog days, no news is good news because uh, just ask North Northwestern. They've had plenty of news. God bless you, Hoosier fans, for tuning in, for hearing me all the way till the very end. Again, please feel free to give me a follow on Twitter, Instagram, everything, whatever, at Often Daunted. Uh, if you haven't, uh, please leave a review on the show. It does help out. If you would like to contribute anything to the show, any ideas for content moving forward, uh, feel free to reach out to me at oftendaunted at gmail.com. And yeah, everything Often Daunted. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Have a great week. Tune back in here on Monday. God bless you, Hoosier fans. Lux at Veritas. Take it easy. Oh, also, next week. Seems like everybody's doing it. Next week is going to be the Daunties. I figured we need a summer award show just like everybody else. Let's do it. Thank you.